Blog Talk Radio. sports and having fun doing. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. Of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, number to call 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show at blogtalkradio.com slash pgant. You can send messages on Twitter at GoForItGant. And while you're there, at GoForItGant, G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T, make sure you give me a follow at Go for it, Kent. Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by Hall of Famer Willie Rofe. Willie Rofe will be joining us uh, in about a few minutes. Get his take on what happened last night in Kansas City. I mean, obviously, <laughs> you know, that was a, just a, a debacle from the Chiefs' standpoint. I mean, you had that lead. You had that game. You had control of that game. And you found some way to lose it. But we're going to talk to Willie about that, talk to him about some of the other things going on in and around the world of the National Football League. And so it was great. You know, the NFL season is back. And obviously when the NFL season is back, there's so much news, so much headlines, and so many different things to talk about. I mean, football is back. College football, professional football, it's the, it's the uh, fall is here, the summer is about to be over, uh, Wednesday the 23rd, summer is officially over, done, gone, move past it, we're almost done. But, as you know, we, 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 we enjoy the summer, now it's time to move to the NFL and enjoy the the, the lovely Fall weather, but anyway, last night. I mean, obviously, the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, that was a game they had to win. That's. I mean, that was a game they should have won. And you know, it's a division game, and it's a game just like the Cowboys and, and the Cowboys and the Giants, where you know, basically, the Giants gave a football game away. The Chiefs gave a football gave a football game away. Literally, Jamal Charles gave the football away two times. You know, one he was he was approaching the end zone, or he wouldn't have scored. But you know, they would have been down down. They were down there deep. They could have got some kind of points out of there. And the second one was a backbreaker as it ended the football game. You know, he ran the ball, lose, fumbles the football, picked up. Broncos running in, ball game. The Denver Broncos and Peyton Manning escape. Brad Bradley Roby runs rumbles for 21 yards out. Broncos win, Broncos win, Broncos win. And here's the thing. You know, Andy Reid's a great coach, a very good coach, has had a lot of success in the National Football League, whether it's with the Philadelphia Eagles, and also a lot of success thus far with the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, first year got him to the playoffs, second year got him pretty close to the playoffs. So, you know, he's had a lot of success as a head coach in the National Football League. 
I mean, there, there, there's no doubt about that, and I don't think anybody can deny the 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 career, the coaching career of Andy Reid and what he has accomplished in the National Football League. No doubt about it. But you know, you look at the situation last night with about 39 seconds, what 30 something seconds. He hands the ball off to Jamal Charles, and, and Jamal Charles fumbles, and ultimately is picked up, and that was it. But my thing is, look, my thing is, look, you don't, you you have a quarterback in Alex Smith who cannot throw the football down the field. I mean, he threw seven passes that traveled more than five yards down the field. Seven passes. So my point is this. My point is this. And when he went down the field, 12 for 18 with two interceptions on throwing the ball five yards or fewer downfield. I mean, he, he was just abysmal throwing the football. And they, it was down the field, of course, but in short yard, the situation, I mean, and, and, and uh, it's just not throwing, he's not throwing the ball good. He, he's not a down the field thrower. Bottom line, point blank, he doesn't throw the ball down the field very well. Because he doesn't throw the ball down the field very well, you're going to run into situations where you know where inter- where where your receivers. I mean, no receiver uh, scored a touchdown last year, a receiving touchdown for the Kansas City Chiefs. So you're going to run into situations where receivers aren't scoring touchdowns. That's just the reality of the situation. And I said 12 for 18 uh, with two interceptions. And that was with, with passes uh, traveling five yards or less. And he's had two picks, throw the ball uh, 18 times, 12 for 18, and five yards or less. Still had two picks. Five yards or less, and he still had two picks. And I And I just look at it, and I'm just like, in that situation, I know maybe 30-something seconds, maybe you try to draw with the hopes that Jamal Charles, who had over 100 yards, could get you a decent gain there, and then maybe you can go into a two-minute offense and try to actually go for a field goal. But my thing is this, and, and you know, he, he tried, he fumbled, Broncos returned to the ball game. But my thing is this, with Alex Smith as your quarterback, a guy who doesn't throw the ball down the field, Reality is this, you probably had no shot of scoring in that particular situation. Reality is this, you you really were better off just saying, you know what, okay, let's, let's, let's just go into overtime now. Let's just move forward. Let's just move forward. We gave the lead up, but we're at home. We've been playing some pretty decent football. You know, Peyton Manning has had some success, but not a lot. You know, let's just move into overtime. Let's just move into overtime and let's just live and let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. And they they didn't do that. Obviously, they didn't have an opportunity to do that because Jamal Charles put the ball on on the field, put the ball on the turf. And the reality is Jamal Charles, you know, you're an elite back in this league in the NFL. You can't do that. You can't do it. And him putting the ball on the turf caused the Chiefs to lose the football game. Bottom line. 
I mean, you know, he's, you know, it's, I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't come down to one play, doesn't come down to two plays, comes down to a bunch of plays, but you cannot put the ball on the turf twice, and you can't put the ball on the turf in that particular situation when you are, are basically, I don't want to say salting out, getting rid, you know, salting the salting away the clock, but. The, the goal is, okay, let's see if you get some yardage, but primary goal in that particular situation is to protect the football because if you lose it and they recover it, don't score a touchdown, they're still in field goal range. So you look at that particular football game and you look at what happened at the end of that football game and the Kansas City Chiefs have to be saying to themselves, we let one get away. Andy Reid has to be saying to himself, we let one get away. But the Chiefs have to be able to move the ball down the field better uh, throwing the football with Alex Smith. They have to. Um, they got to do it. If they're not going to throw the football, they they got to work on that. They got to get that done. They got to figure that out. They got to find a way to matriculate the ball down the field. You're not going to win a National Football League dinking and dunking. At some point, you got to have success getting it down the field. At some point, you got to use the outside of the field. Alex Smith is a nice quarterback. Alex Smith can get you to the playoffs. But I question whether Alex Smith can get you to a Super Bowl, but I will say this. Back in 2011, when the 49ers were, were right there, with an opportunity to get to the Super Bowl, Kyle Williams was one of the reasons they didn't, they didn't make it because he fumbled two uh, uh, punt returns, fumbled two punts, Giants cashed in both times, and ultimately the 49ers would lose, and Alex Smith would come back the following year, get hurt, Kaepernick comes back in, comes in, and Kaepernick never gives up the job. It's, it, it ended up being his job for the duration. It ended up being his job for the rest of the season and beyond. So, again, the Chiefs got to figure something out. Broncos do, too. And, you know, Peyton Manning would seem very happy, very excited that he got that victory last night. Almost a little too happy, almost a little too excited from my standpoint. From the simple fact is, you know, Peyton Manning is really not playing very good football. He's not playing very good football. He's not playing Peyton Manning-like football. I mean, he picked it up a little bit there. Near the end, you know, ultimately put them in position to win, ultimately made some plays, ultimately had three touchdowns in that game. But I don't think anybody is walking away saying that Peyton Manning is back. I don't think anybody is walking away and saying Peyton Manning is, has returned to his old self. I don't think so. I mean, you look at week one against the Ravens, he was not very good. And you look at look at for a good part of that game against the Chiefs, he wasn't very good. Had that pick six. You know, it, he just was pedestrian for most of that game. Again, second half picked it up, and ultimately he walks home with a W. But you look at him, you know, over the, the, the past, you know, few games, past, what, ten, ten games, and he's not been very good. I mean, you just look at him near the end of last season, the final, look at the final five. 
you know, under 200 yards against the Chiefs. Uh, that was in November. You look at, it goes in December, under 200 yards against the Bills, including two picks, you know, at San Diego, over 200 yards, but he threw the ball only 20 times, wasn't great. Gets the Bengals, four interceptions against the Cincinnati Bengals, and you just look at what he did in the playoffs against the Indianapolis Colts and how he played, wasn't very good. One touchdown, 26 for 46 from the field, from the field. 26 for 46 and 211 yards passing, not very good. I mean, Peyton Manning has not been good for a long period of time. And it, it, it would not be surprising if Peyton Manning could be done. I mean, it's just like you look at the situation with uh, Brett Favre. You know, so he came back. Had that special season, was a interception away from going to the Super Bowl. Comes back again after some prodding, after some convincing, after some poking, and 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 he just wasn't good. Peyton Manning obviously always, you know, for the most part, you knew he was coming back, but he has not been good thus far this season. Their defense has been pretty good in Denver, but their offense. And Peyton Manning has not been spectacular. Duck after duck after duck. 39 years old. At some point, at some point, at some point, you're 39. At some point, it's got to end. The fun has to end. At some point, your greatness is not the same. The Chiefs blew it. They blew the football game. They blew it. Andy Reid, you blew it. Jamal Charles, you blew it. The Kansas City Chiefs team, you blew it. But the, even if the, even though the Chiefs are two and zero, I mean one and one, even though the Broncos are two and zero, I think I'm Kansas City. I walk away from that football game feeling okay, not feeling awful because you got a lot of football to play. But the feeling is knowing that you did give a you give did give a game up, but I think you also feel like you know what we 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 had this had this game we should have won that game, and I think they feel you know I think you should feel comfortable that you could play with this Broncos football team. I think you should feel comfortable with the fact that this is a game you pretty much gave away you fumbled it away, and this is a game that you that saw Peyton Manning look pedestrian. Peyton Manning, I think, is going to be okay this season. He's not going to be the Peyton Manning that we all know and love. He's just not. So I think the Chiefs know that the AFC West is very winnable, and last night would have helped their cause a lot more, but there's still a lot of football to be played. But again, you got to be able to throw the football down the field, and Alex Smith has not shown the ability to do that effectively thus far. We're going to bring in a guy now, Hall of Famer, doing big things, obviously. He did big things in his career. Hall of Famer, Willie Rove. Willie. How's it going? How are you? Good. We saw last night Kansas City Chiefs, your Kansas City Chiefs, a team that you felt was going to be a sleeper team, give away the football game to the Denver Broncos last night. 
as a former Chiefs player, I mean, what's your thoughts? Well, you know, it was a hard-fought game. Um, both teams were struggling early. You know, I didn't understand why they didn't run the ball at, at the end of the half. Another thing I'm kind of perplexed about, Paul, if you're dressed out for the game, but you have a high ankle sprain, but you can dress out. If you can dress out, you you can play. We didn't dress out, so we weren't playing. I mean, Eric Fisher was the emergency backup, and he came in the game for a little while, and then he left the game again. I mean, you you you're you're the, you're the franchise tackle. They drafted him, what number one or two in the draft, and 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 he's dressed out. I mean, if you dress. <laughs> If I dressed out for a football game, I was I was playing. If I couldn't play, I wouldn't have dressed out. I mean, and, and if you look around the league, some of the now, I, I mean, the line play in a lot of these games is not look real good. I mean, the Broncos let two or three of the starters go from last year. Um, the Chiefs line didn't look good at times, and you know, as the game went on, they played a little better. But uh, it's gonna come down to. Which one of these lines are going to be held up? Seattle's line has been suspect this year. I mean, I understand. I think the defensive schemes and stuff, and obviously right now it looks like the defensive players are better than the offensive line play because uh, a lot of these lines have not looked very good in the first couple of weeks. For, for sure. And, you know, as you look at both. You look at the game last night, and like you said, both defenses had success and both offenses had some struggles. And one guy that had some struggles was Peyton Manning early on. He picked it up near the end of that football game. But he wasn't very good against the Ravens week one. Obviously, he wasn't very good near the end of last season. And he was just okay yesterday. Um, Ultimately, do you see Peyton Manning continuing to – do you think he'll turn it around and and, and go back to his old self? He won't get back to his old self completely, obviously, because he's 39 years old. But do you see him turning it around a little bit? I see him turning around if they can keep protecting him. I mean, he's not running the system that he likes to run that shotgun and do what Peyton likes to do. So, I mean, part of the reason Peyton came back was just to break that record also because I think he will break Brett record. And I think that was something that was important to him. Uh, But... If he was hurting at the end of last year, the way that line's playing, he's really going to be hurting. Because they said if you listen to him in the game, he was sore from last week. He got hit eight or nine or how many times. He got sacked a few times. I mean, he, he, he's not going to be able to take that. And the problem is his balls don't have the velocity on them. And as, as we thought the Chiefs were going to be improved, and Kelsey didn't have, really have a big game, but the Chiefs had a hard time establishing the run, and they're still not throwing the ball down the field, which I thought they brought Macklin in and some of these guys were going to help them stretch the field. And, it, it, it mean, well, if those guys can't protect, they can't stretch the field. But if you got a problem stretching the field, then you're going to have a problem, especially during the season. For sure, for sure. And, again, you know, it's something they're, they're going to have to be able to do. If, if you want to win, I mean – Alex Smith has proven that he can get this team to the playoffs. But if you want to win a championship, 
you got to be able to throw the ball down the field, or you're you're not going to have any shot. And back to your point about Peyton Manning, he's been sacked four times against the Ravens week one, three times yesterday. So that's seven sacks. And in, in a in what? He had five quarterback hits. They had five quarterback hits in week one against the uh, Ravens. I mean, so he, he's getting hit a lot. He's getting like to your point, he's getting hit a lot. And he's 39 years old. The body only has so many hits in it. And he's not going anywhere. He's a stationary target. He ain't moving nowhere. So uh, protection is very important when it comes to Peyton Manning. I mean, the way this offensive line is playing, do you envision him making it through this whole season? I mean, it's going to be tough. I mean, they're going to have to roll him out a little more. The problem in Gary Kubiak's system, he likes to run that bootleg that the Broncos used to be when he was a coordinator back when they were real good. It's hard for Peyton to do that bootleg play. I mean, on one of them plays, he threw a ball right in the ground. It wasn't a good pass. So he's just not a bootleg and sprint-out quarterback. So they're going to have to figure out a balance with that, and they're going to have to run the ball. As you see later in the game, they were passing the ball to make up for the run because I don't know. You tell me what Denver had running the ball. They didn't look too good trying to run the ball. And uh, if they're going to be throwing the ball all the time and not running the ball, he's going to take some shots. 61 yards rushing last night uh, by the Denver Broncos. So, to your point, you've you got to be able to run the ball more effectively. And, and, and that's going to help play. Go ahead. To set up the bootleg, you gotta run the ball. You can't run the bootleg right. if you you don't stop it to run. And like I said, that's what Greg Kubek likes to do in that system. For sure, for sure. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rofen. Let let me ask you this now. And and we we saw last night's game, and, and we saw the Kansas City Chiefs. I know run the football there with about thirty something seconds left. Ultimately, Jamal Charles fumbled. Here's my thought. You don't you you don't push the ball down the field because and and since you really don't push the ball down the field, you really had no shot of getting your team in position to kick a field goal. So in that particular situation, I know you know we we can all second guess and second guessing is easy, but in reality, you really had you really were not going to put yourself in field goal range in that particular situation. Were you surprised that they ran the ball with Charles in that particular situation uh, near the end of that football game and that ultimately led to the to the fumble return by the Broncos? We lost him. We lost Willie Ruff. We'll try to get him back on, work to get him back on. But to my point, and I want to get Willie's take on, you know, you, had, you, you don't throw the ball down the field. You're not getting the ball down the field with regularity. You're not having much success getting the ball down the field. Your wide receivers haven't scored a touchdown in ages. So <laughs> you really had no chance of scoring. We got him back. Willie? Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you back. Yes. So my question was, you know, I know the Chiefs, they they went uh, they near the end of that game, about 30-something seconds left. You know, they hand the ball to Jamal Charles. Ultimately, he fumbles the football, and ultimately the Broncos recover, and ultimately they score the touchdown. But my point is, you don't throw the ball down the field very well. So, in my mind, you were better off just, you know, running the clock out. Your thoughts on them running that football in that particular situation? Well, how much time was left in the game? Uh, about 39 seconds. 
So how many timeouts did the Broncos have? Uh, at the time, I'm not really sure. I have to look. But was that was that first down? I believe that. I think that was second down. So I mean, they had they had to run the ball. Paul, do you want them to kneel on the ball? What do you want them to do? Kneel kneel on the ball and run it out and go on home to overtime. And go going going overtime. Going to overtime. Well, I mean, I guess that's what they're trying to do. They were trying to run the clock out. I mean, they didn't they didn't think Jamal Charles was going to fumble the ball. I mean, Jamal Charles hadn't had a lot of fumbles. And you go into the game where the, uh, Alex Smith hadn't thrown a pick in 150 some snaps, and he has two two last night. One backed up in his red zone, and one going in to score. And that one going in to score really hurt him. For sure, but my my thing is, I was I mean, you know, sometimes you run a draw play or run play in that particular situation. Maybe Jamal Charles pops it. Who knows? But I just think the well, way it, it did it did look like a draw play. Yeah, and and, uh, and again, the way you've been moving the ball, you haven't been really moving the ball down the field very well. So because you haven't really been moving the ball down the field very well, throwing the ball, it kind of, in some respect, was not really a good play. Play call. So you think they should have tried to throw the ball? I think they should have just went, stalled the ball away, and went into overtime. Just took a knee. Just took a knee. Well, uh, yeah, if it's 39 seconds on the clock, I'm trying to Take run a draw play. Them trying to run a draw play, they're thinking maybe Jamal Charles can get out in space and then read it and, and make a big run. So, you know, I mean, or a screen play, but, I mean, them running the draw is basically they were trying to open up the defense, hand, hand the ball off Jamal Charles, thinking that he would be able to get to the next level. Like he did on the one play when he when he cut it back that one play when he made that fantastic run when he cut it back went to the to the right and as soon as he hit that hole he cut back all the way to the left and ran catacorn all the way to the corner. I mean that was just a great read a great play he made on that play. So you know with somebody with Jamal Charles' ability they're thinking maybe he can make something happen and maybe he can pop it and uh, you know get that get a twenty thirty yard run fifteen twenty yard run. And then maybe they can take a shot down the field and get a field goal range. So the, the Broncos had one timeout left. It was a first down, and they were at the twenty yard line. The Chiefs were at their own twenty yard line. You believe that they could have matriculated the ball the way this offense works, the way this offense has operated. There's no way they could have got the ball down the field. They had to get what about sixty yards in order to get themselves in field goal range. About sixty, seventy yards to get sixty five yards to get themselves in field goal range. There's no way the offense could have done that. No way. But that, I mean, but the thought process is, Paul, that maybe it's a draw play. We spread them out. We hand it to Jamal. Jamal makes a big run, and maybe we get we end up getting closer. And then we, let's say we get to the 35-40, and then we throw a pass and we try to get the field goal right. I mean, that's part of the thought process was because – Denver obviously had picked up the momentum, were picking up the momentum to tie the game up, and uh, had the moment. They probably thought they had the momentum going into the overtime because if you see right now, Peyton Manning is getting off to some slow starts until he gets warmed up. And like you said, that's part of being 39 years old. But you know, once he got warmed up, he started throwing that ball a lot better late in that game. So I guess they're thinking. And 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 to be honest with you, Paul, I mean that sucker. 
they have we haven't beaten we haven't beaten Peyton Manning since we lost in the playoff game, 31-24, whatever, when it was only one point in the game in the 2004 playoff game. Peyton owns the Chiefs. He's not in all against the Chiefs since he was in Indianapolis. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and he's owned them. And, and I mean, has, recent years it hasn't been all that close in some of those games. So, I mean. It's been close in Kansas City. There's been a lot of blowouts in Denver. Yeah. So, I mean, you had not – as a Chiefs guy, you know, you, you, you talked about this team being a possible sleeper team. Are you happy – I mean, obviously there's no moral victories in this league, but are you – are you? I don't want to say happy, but are, do you feel confident now moving forward with this Chiefs football team that they can play with this team and ultimately they can win the AFC West? I'm not confident because I don't see them stretching the field, and that offensive line's got to play a lot better. Right. That's going to be the line play. The defense is great. The, the young cornerback they got, 22, the one from Eastern Washington, played great last night. I mean, he, he basically covered uh, uh, the, big, the big 88 all night, did a good, good job against him. Nice I mean, he caught a couple passes late, but, I mean, he, he did a real good job against Thomas. So, I mean, the, the, the corners played okay. The secondary played okay against, I mean, Denver. If you give, if you give Peyton Manning time, he's going he's gonna to pick you apart eventually. And then, and then they, they made that, that, that play when they uh, brought that guy across the middle. And, and uh, I mean, Emmanuel's uh, going to make some plays on you. He's a, he's, a, he's a very good receiver. And he finally got loose and got a touchdown. But, I mean, they, they, they played a good game. But it's just um, – Denver's got a tough defense too, and and uh, you know, like I said, I think I think both of those teams have very very good defenses, and obviously Peyton Manning made some more one more play to beat them, and and um, Kansas City offense just you know didn't shit, and when you got the ball, you you it's high, you're going into the half, and it's you got a fourteen seven lead, you know you can't. Turn that ball. You can't do that and let them tie the game away before the half. I mean, that kind of sure. deflated them when when that happened. Right, right, and and right. I mean, ultimately, like just looking at this Chiefs team, I think you feel somewhat confident. But again, I think you you have to be able to matriculate the ball down the field. You have to be able to get your wide receivers in in there. You just you got to get your wide receivers involved. And so, so, what it was, Macklin caught one pass for more than 20 yards down the field? Only one? Well, Mac, Macklin, what, caught, what, three passes yesterday for, I think, three passes for 50, 58 yards? I think one of them balls was, was, was over. To, what, did it one, did it, Chiefs have, what, one pass for over 20 yards? He had one pass for 30, he had 30 yards. One pass, his longest was 30 yards yesterday. And then, and then Kelsey caught one in. And yards after the catch, he made, you know, a good run. Yeah. That was late in the game. That was it. 29 yards. His and 29 yards. And so Macklin had four catches, 57 yards yesterday. We got to get more. Got to get more out of him. For sure. For sure. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rowe. Willie, anything that surprised you uh, that we saw in week one? I mean, Buffalo dominated the Kansas City Chiefs in week one. I mean, a dominating performance by that Bills football team. You know, the well, no, they, they didn't play the Chiefs. 
They played, sorry, uh, they played Buffalo the, uh, played. the Colts. The Bills played the Colts. Colts. Yeah, and dominate that particular football game. And, and then even um, you look at Atlanta beating the Philadelphia Eagles. That was a surprise to some people. Um, you know, so anything that – and the Rams beating the Seahawks in, in St. Louis. Anything that surprised you? And also Marcus Mariota with the four touchdowns and, and an impressive performance against the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But anything surprised you in week one? I didn't know I didn't, I didn't know Mariota was that good. I know it's only one game, but the Mariota performance was a surprise to me. I thought James Winston would play better, and I thought that would have been a better football game. So, the Mariota, the way he played Week One, and the way he read the defenses and got rid of the ball, was uh, was good. And, and uh, the 49ers, everything the 49ers went through, all the players that retired. Would you because you yeah. got two, you got two or three Pro Bowls that retired. Um, the way they played and scrapped, and the way they run the ball, and and uh, um, um, Kaepernick, the way he set his feet and knows when to run and knows when to pass. You know they really utilized him well. The Forty ers were a big surprise because I mean they lost a lot of players from last year's team. For sure, for sure, and 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 they held the they held the Vikings to three points in that particular game. So they played this. They were. That was pretty surprising the way they played, the way they came out, and how effective they were uh, against the Minnesota Vikings. Let, let me ask you this now. We, we saw uh, Pac-Man Jones, you know, slam Amari Cooper, the Raiders' young rookie, slam his head onto his helmet. Ultimately, he was uh, fined thirty-five grand. Do you think he should have been suspended for that play? I think he should have been suspended for that play. You just that's you know, and Pac-Man Jones, to his credit, has matured a lot. Uh, my old agent represents him now, and that, you know was 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 uh, the was the one who married him when he got married a few years ago in Atlanta, and you know has talked to him and has talked about how much he's matured, and but uh, you just you just can't do that. I mean, I understand that they, they you know they get mad they got a little physical on the play, but you can't rip a man's head and helmet off and slam his head helmet on 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 the slam his head on it and and his teeth and to to his credit, the Raiders teammates and the linemen or whoever's out there can't let that happen to them. You know, have to come to his defense and not let that happen to him either. So, you know, you know, remember if you remember uh, our quarterback when I was injured uh, in, in New Orleans, the the guy from the Jets grabbed him and tried to rip his helmet off and all that. And that's when Carl Turley had the famous incident yeah. where he ripped the guy's helmet off and threw it. I mean, I understand what Turley was doing. You know, people didn't like it, but you can't let somebody get your quarterback get a play and just twist the man's head, rip his helmet off, and not come to the defense. So, uh, you know, uh, he could have, he could have, he could have, and uh, probably should have got suspended with with that. He probably would have got suspended for with for that, but you know, right now the commissioner is trying not trying to. Uh, you know, after Tom Brady didn't get suspended, he's not trying to suspend anybody right now. And 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 to, here's where pa, here was a Pac-Man's quote. He said, "Quote: Yeah, I got fined 35k, way too much for a football play. I'll appeal. The story is magnified because it's me. I can't promise it won't happen again. I'm an emotional player." So those were the words of Pac-Man Jones on the situation with him and Amari Cooper. So hopefully, he's emotional. I know he's an emotional player, but hopefully. 
moving forward, his emotions won't get the best. And, 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 and you know, and Pac-Man has been pretty pretty straight now. You know, he hasn't had any incidents. He's been uh, right. been, a, been a good citizen. You know, he's the, he's really learned a lot. So, I mean, I will I will say that, but that that's not that's not you can't you can't do that on the field with another guy. That's not respecting a guy, respecting the young guy. You know, I mean, they can, you know, you could have really hurt that guy. You just, you just can't do that to somebody. And this kid gets a concussion or something, and he's out yeah. with them or something like that. We saw last night, obviously, with the Chiefs, and, you know, they kind of blew that game last night against the Denver Broncos. And then we saw uh, last Sunday night with the, the Cowboys and the New York Giants, Giants had an opportunity down there near the goal line and, you know, had an opportunity to salt that football game away or at least take more time off the clock. Eli Manning, boneheaded decision, decides to throw the football, throw the football away, incomplete pass. The, co- the well, clock well, hold on, but What I'm saying, Paul, is weren't they winning the game when they were down there 23 to 20? They were they were up, yeah. They were winning the football game. If you're 20. winning the game twenty three to twenty, why are you telling the running back not to score? Because you're gonna go up thirty or twenty nine or twenty. So they have to score and onside or kick a field goal to beat you. Right. I don't understand how you're not telling the guy. I mean, didn't he tell the kid not to score? You got a twenty three yeah. twenty lead. Why would you say don't score some minutes something left on the clock outside of the pass play, which 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 was which was you could have took some time off the clock. Why not score a touchdown when you're down there anyway because you're going to go up by 10? For sure. Yes. And, I mean, you and, go up by and 10 and they got a minute left, then it's, uh, they're not thinking they're going to come back and win that game. Yes. And, and here's the thing. You know, you, you had an opportunity, like you said, I think you, if you have a chance to score the ball, score a touchdown, you score the touchdown because, to your point, you're up 10. And now they have to score twice. And in order to get the ball back, they're going to have to do an onside kick. And they got to do an onside kick. And they got to drive down. And and, right. and you score the touchdown, you kick the ball off. They got to drive down the length of the field in a minute or something. Then they got to do an onside, and then they got to score again. Right. So, I mean, right. I don't want you know, I was, at first I thought, well, he told him not to score because Dallas had 23 and they had 20, and they still go up by four. They still have to score a touchdown. If they go up, but they had to lead twenty three to twenty. So I don't understand yeah. how you're not trying to score a touchdown. Kind of like what happened in the Bronco game when they let um, the team score in the Super Bowl so they could get the ball yeah. back and go down, go down and, and win the game. I mean, they let them score. But what I'm saying is, you have to lead. So I don't understand the logic a, a couple of different ways in that scenario. Yeah, and it was just obviously a comedy of errors by the New York Giants down there. You know, Eli Manning throwing the ball away in that particular, you know, having an incomplete pass in that particular situation. You can't have an incomplete pass in that particular situation. It's just inexcusable. And then Rashad Jennings being told not to score a touchdown. Again, not very smart by the New York Giants. Ultimately, it cost them a football game, and ultimately the Cowboys are 1-0. The Giants are 0-1. So, you know, obviously the Giants, they're going to be kicking themselves, just like the Chiefs are kicking themselves as well. Before we get out of here, you look at a, a, a Jason Pierre-Paul. There was a picture of him that showed his index finger damaged. Obviously, he had some damage with the thumb as well. I want to ask your opinion. I mean, 
I, I think you can play with a dan- with with no index finger, but can you? I don't know. I don't, you know what? That's going to be a real iffy situation. You know, with the leverage and the way you got to use your hands, you use all your fingers to leverage to grab a guy and twist a guy and pull a guy. Paul, I don't know if he's going to be able to play football again like that. I, I just really don't know. I mean, he's got your thumb and that index finger, those two fingers, that's the finger you're grabbing with. That's the finger you got to grab with. I mean, he's going to have to relearn how to grip and how to do stuff with that hand totally. Him running around hitting the sled is totally different from him getting up there on the football field and having to grab and pull and yank and twist. I mean, you use your hands on the D-line for everything. So if you got them fingers missing, you don't. He can't. He's not gonna have the power in that hand. That's a total adjustment. He's gonna have to learn how to do that. Right. Going against guys, practicing against guys. Because I mean, the way he plays, his style of rush is totally gonna have to change. Because he's not gonna have the leverage. And which which hand? Which hand is that? Is it the left or the right hand? I believe that is the right hand. I will say this: he's he's rushing the left hand or the left tackle. So the the hand he's doing most of the pressing with is going to be his left hand. But he's still got to use that right hand to pull and jerk and do stuff. I understand it, that, that that hand he's getting the stance with, a lot of times it's going to be his left. But when you got to pull, pull rush and do stuff, you got to use both your hands. So, I mean, right. he's got to, I mean, mentally, he's got to figure out how to rush and do everything, and he's got missing fingers. I mean, it, it, it's just like it's it just like you like, playing against a guy with a. It's, it's like me playing against a guy like against uh, Kerry with a club on his hand. Well, he got a club on his hand, he can't use it. So that you only use it one hand, basically. So, so I mean, Paul, you know what I'm saying, Paul? It's just like you so know, you lost the finger. He's like learning how to right. pick up silverware or something. You talking about learning how to do stuff? We're talking about he's got to learn how to run into a 300 pound man with one hand, basically one in the and. And, and and develop a technique to rush the passes. It's going to be hard when you got a couple fingers missing on a hand. Now I would think I'm just looking at the picture. There is no index finger, but and the thumb looks like there's a little bit off of his thumb as well. And the thumb you use the thumb to kind of grip. But yes. wouldn't it wouldn't it basically be like a guy who has a cast on his hand and just pretty much is playing with one hand basically? Oh, I can't pay him fourteen million to play with one hand. <laughs> I gotta see what he can do. Hey, I'm not mad at the team. He gotta come in there. I gotta see what he can do. I'm not giving him. I'm not giving him a one year. You know, he, he, so this kid lost. might be going from fourteen million to playing for a million next year just to see if he can still rush the passer. Right, and if he and doesn't. The- and if he's not able to do it, he's done. Just like that cornerback to... from, from right. Tampa Bay that lost his two middle fingers, Paul. Yeah. His career's over. Yeah. Here's here's the thing. Like, I mean I mean hindsight's twenty twenty and you know, we can judge guys after making bad decisions. Everybody makes bad decisions, but I'm trying to figure out what kind of fireworks he was messing with to be losing his <laughs> fingers. I mean Wow, come geez. on, man. What kind of fire the blue is blew his hand up? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I mean you know, you got enough money once just go to a fireworks show. 
<laughs> oh, I'm not going to have nothing in my hand that can blow my hands up. I might have I a firecracker in my hand. You can't even. I'm going to tell you something, Paul. The fireworks he had, you, they're not, those, those weren't commercial fireworks. The stuff he had, he shouldn't have been nowhere near nowhere. He got that right. stuff aftermarket. Somebody sold him that. They shouldn't have been selling him. It's not a leak. It's not illegal for him to have what he had in his hand. And it's basically, I'm trying, what are, you, what are you, blowing up bombs? I mean, what the heck is he doing? And, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's sad because he cost himself some money. And you, you hate to see a guy. I, obviously, Paul, he had some type of big, strong firework that he was trying to hold, probably, hold it and let it explode in the air. Whatever he had, it should have been in his hand. It should have been on the ground. Right. It should have been nowhere near his hand. Let me let me ask you this. I I I feel like, and I haven't played football. Obviously, you play football. I feel like he would he might be able to be okay rushing the passer. I would think his problem might come in the run game. Is is that is that uh, is that what you're thinking as oh, well? Oh, he's gonna have a problem in the run and pass. You, you still got to use your leverage in both. But I feel like he you got to lose your power and leverage in both. Because like you said, he's going to have to use that thumb, even if he used it on passing the day. He's got to rip and pull or swim. He's going to have to use that right hand to rip and pull a guy. You know what I'm saying? He's going to have to use both them hands. But I feel like he can use more of his speed when it comes to rushing the passer than when it comes to the run game. I'm saying saying the the problem is that that I would envision him Maybe, maybe. But but, but, but but Paul, when somebody gets him and they got him locked out, he's not gonna be able to do nothing. He's right. not gonna be able to do nothing when they lock him out. It, it should be interesting somebody, to see if he actually him gets that leverage on him. He's not gonna be able to Go do ahead. anything. I said yeah, if somebody gets leverage on him and gets a good set on him, somebody off balance or not with a good technique, yeah, he he'll he'll he might have some success. But somebody, like you said, in the running game, they firing off on him. What's he gonna do? Right. It's 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 sad in a lot of ways. I mean, it's just well, it's sad. Paul, I wonder, can they do this? Can they put? Can they? Can he get somebody to make some type of prosthesis for him, and maybe put a finger or, or index finger? I mean, the only that thing I'm thinking thought. is he get some type of prosthesis made for him. That's that was my thought, but when. I, it, 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 can you get the prosthetic that the, isn't the prosthetic is kind of more so for show than for you know what I'm saying more so than using it to uh, get by a 300 pound offensive lineman you know what I'm saying I would think the prosthetic is more for show. Just to make and, sure and if they made that something that wasn't for show, it would have to get passed by the league before it could wear it underneath there anyway. Right, right, because you would think there'd be a competitive advantage. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's it's. I mean, you hate. There's never, you, never been a situation, Paul. We've never had two guys. Maybe in their career, because they popped, did it for fireworks. It's never happened. No, I mean, it, it's it's sad to me, from my standpoint, to to see a young man in his twenties, because in your twenties, obviously, we all make and and do stupid things and make bad decisions. I, I would hate for him. To not be able to play again because of fireworks. That 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 
that would be and Paul, sad. Paul, Paul, and Paul, think about it. I don't know. Look at his salary from last year. Even if he had just played this year, Paul, I mean that's that's seven. That's eight million dollars he's losing out the taxes. That's a lot of money, Paul. I don't know what if he's yeah. still on a rookie deal. I don't know what his base was last year. You can see that. But I, don't, I believe this he's kid the, hasn't signed his big deal, his second deal. Huh? Yeah, this was the second. This was going to be his second one. He was on his rookie he, deal. He, was a, he he hadn't signed it yet, so this was the one year until he signed a long term deal. You know how they do? They right. sign a one year deal, then in the middle of the season they negotiate the big deal. So if this kid had had a good year, Paul, he was looking at one of them one of them uh, Justin Houston's deal, which is that kid signed six hundred million dollars for Kansas City. He played great last night. Right. He got fifty some guaranteed. But even if even if Pierre Paul was hoping he was hoping that he was brought back on the team and able to play this year, so even if he didn't play well this year, he would have made fourteen. You're still looking at eight, seven, eight million. He would have took home even if he couldn't play no more. Now that's up up in the window, and now this kid is sitting here going to have to prove himself. So if I'm a team, I'm bringing him in for the minimum of a million. And he's going to prove himself. And what if he doesn't do it? If he doesn't do well at training camp, and he doesn't look like he's going to be able to play, he's finished. And for every game that he does miss, he's missing out on eight hundred grand. So, well, do you There's think they're going to sign him now? They don't have um, to. Well, eventually. What is he under right now? Right now, they don't have to sign him. Well, eventually. They don't, but eventually I think they're, they're going to look at him again. They're going to ultimately look at him again, see if he's good, see if he's, they feel like he can contribute and help them, and they'll take it from there. Okay, but Paul, if it's you, are you going, you're going to take the franchise tag off of him. You're not going to give him that. No team's going to give him that kind of money right now. Well, I, I mean. If you, you can't. I, I, well, I think they have to see what he can do. They're, if they're comfortable and well, believe you're not going to know what he can do till he gets out there and practices. He well, got to be on the contract to practice. You don't well, know what he can do back. running around. The only thing you're going to be able to see what he can do is if he gets out there in a football game. Well, he's got to come back and take a physical. He's got to take a physical at some point. So even if, if he, he can, Paul, even if he takes a physical, he doesn't have that finger. How are you going to know what he's going to be able to do in in a real life football situation unless he's on the football field? You're not going to be able well, to see what he can do until he's in a game time situation. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, well, I guess ultimately. Well, getting out there playing football. Right. I mean, I guess now he wish he would have signed that franchise tag, huh? I mean, he should have signed that franchise tag. But who knew, who knew, I mean, obviously no one knew that it would get to this point where – he would ultimately be in a position where his thumb is messed up. You know, his his right index. He doesn't, Paul, he doesn't have a finger. Up. He doesn't have a finger, and his thumb is messed up. It, it's going to be interesting. It, it's going to be interesting to see if this guy. If, you, if you're the general team. manager of that team, Paul, do you give him the money? Um. <laughs> you can't. Can you risk giving him that money and he can't produce? That's a lot of money, Paul. I think they again they have to they have to figure it out. They they can have to. Well, they, I mean, they're going to have to meet at the middle ground or something, or he's going to have to 
get the tag taken off him, and he's going to have to come back and prove himself and get a deal where I give you a million, whatever base a million, and I'll put the rest in the centers. You got to produce to get it. I got to see that you can perform with this finger. I think you'll have a year to see if he can do it. Somebody will give him a chance because I'm telling you, it's going to be a big adjustment for him to be able to pass rush. That's like telling me to get out there and, and pass block somebody, and I got that finger missing and, and the thumb, a piece of my thumb. Maybe I can do it, but it's going to be an adjustment because really I got three fingers in the thumb. I'm missing one of the main fingers that's closest to my thumb. So I got to know how to pass block with a finger, with a whole finger missing. That's mentally, Paul, you got to re- re- readjust your thinking and you got to go out there and practice it so mentally you can do it. I don't know okay, how so- I would feel. If I didn't have all my fingers trying to block. Okay, so bottom line, you if you're the New York Giants, you would rescind the franchise offer and make him an unrestricted free agent. I would have Is to. Is that what you would That's what you would do? I got to. I can't. Okay, if if I rescind the franchise offer, I would, I would, I would, I would try to get a deal worked out with him because I don't want to lose him. And, and the kid's in a tough situation. So I, before I would send it to franchise offer, I would say, look here, Paul, Jason, we got to work a deal out with you. Obviously, we can't give you this money. We can put some money in the centers. If you want to try to come back and play this year, it's not going to be for $14 million. It's going to be for a lot less money, and you can come back during this year if he's going to be ready at some point after the six games of the pup situation, and he can try to see what he can do the rest of the year. It's not going to be for nowhere near no $14 million. Fair enough. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, we'll I, see how we, we, if he produces, I put the money in his sentence. I, I think if he can produce, day, I put money in his sentence. His, his his plan of action at this point, he's going to ultimately try to pass the physical. So if he passes the physical, then maybe the Giants just go go with it for the rest of the year and then just move forward from there. They have no obligation after this season. If they don't, if he can't play, then he can't play, and they just move on from there. But I think, and I feel, I think, and I feel sorry for I feel sorry for the kid for for doing it. But you can't you can't do that. And and and, and now that him and the other kid in Tampa Bay, they put a clause in that you cannot mess with no fireworks, so like a motorcycle clause in these in these guys' contracts. You would have think he'd have been smart enough to do it. But whatever fireworks he had in his possession, he wasn't legally supposed to have those anyway. He wasn't Probably legally not. supposed to have anything with that kind of power. Probably not. Right. And you, you're talking about C.J. Wilson from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. and It's a shame. He had to retire. It's, 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 it's sad. It's sad. And at this point, he had to retire. Maybe he can ultimately come back. Who knows? But I will say this. They picked, they picked a good time. In our society, well, Paul, Paul, you know he's not going to be able to come back. He's got two metal fingers, Mason. You can't play BB without your fingers. Oh, here's what I say. They, they, I will say this. It's, the, the, the odds are against them, but I will say this. They picked a good time in our society with all the technology that is out there that maybe something could be figured out. Maybe. Maybe. But it's a sad, it's a sad situation, sad story for both football players. C.J. Wilson, Jason Pierre, Paul. Playing with fireworks and man, it's crazy. And I think it comes back to youth. So you're young, you're strong, you're big, 
You're fast. You, you think you're you think you're invincible. Right. And with that invincibility, sometimes life comes back to humble you each and every time. Mayweather, before we get out of here, Mayweather Birdo, you know, we, we talked about that fight last week. Uh, it, it was the typical Floyd Mayweather fight, typical Floyd Mayweather dominance. Birdo really, as you, the fight progressed and as you watched the fight, really ultimately did not have a shot and no chance in that particular fight. Your thoughts on what you saw? Um, you know, he tried. Mayweather did what he had to do, stick and move. And uh, I just think for Mayweather to get the people back behind him, he needed to, he needed to knock him out. If Mayweather can't knock Birdo out or swell Birdo up, because the last talk Birdo got in, he was all swollen and beat up. Mm-hmm. People, are, people are tired of Mayweather. They know he's making all the money. And people want to see him fight. If Mayweather decides to come back with that new arena and everything they're talking about he's doing, he's going to have to fight. I don't want to see him play Pacquiao. He's going to have to fight Triple G, Thurman, or Cotto. You know, you know, you know. He beat Canelo. Somebody, some for him to for him to if he wants to come back, go down in history the way he wants to. He's going to fight somebody that that really can give him some problems. Or, or, or I think his days of getting them pay-per-view numbers are over. Yeah, there's, there's no way at this point. I mean, the fight for Mayweather standards tanked the most. Uh, they're saying that it could have been as maybe 550,000 pay-per-view buys. On the low end, it could be around 400,000. So the fight did not sell. The fight did not uh, – the public was not excited by the fight. I mean, I felt, I felt, and I understand why he did it, because in reality, if you think about it from a business perspective, it's kind of smart because you put yourself in a position where now you're a TV free agent, your deal with Showtime is done, you're 49-0, and 0, now you go to the highest bidder, whether that's HBO, whether that's Showtime, or whether that's anybody else that wants to stick their name, you know, stick their, hand, their, their money out there to Floyd Mayweather. So he's in prime position as a TV free agent at this point, and with 49-0, and 0, and with the opportunity to go 50-0, and 0, I mean, he's in a good spot. He's in a good spot. He he's in a great spot, but he's going but, to, but, Paul, to get to, for him to generate big numbers, he's going to have to fight some of the young, up-and-coming, big-time players. If he no, wants to get I, paid, I mean, if, he's going to have to fight right. somebody that's going to give him a real fight, that's going to maybe give him a chance to not be 50-0. and 0. For him to do it. So I hope he understands that. He's not going to be able to fight somebody everybody thinks he can beat and go, and people are going to come to see him fight. They're going to want to see him fight some a real. See, that's the problem. When you get as good as Mayweather, if he doesn't fight the cream of the crop, nobody cares. He's got to right. fight the cream of the crop every time. No, and, and, and at this point, I mean, we'll see what happens. Keith Thurman. Is a name out there, is floating out there. The guy, if if he can continue his winning ways, would be a guy that would would I think if he had Thurman in this fight, he does better pay per view numbers. If he has Amir Khan in this fight, he does much better pay per view numbers. Amir Khan, Thurman, I, re, I like Thurman a little better. Uh, what about Triple? If he does, if he has Triple G in this fight, he does great numbers. Yeah, for sure. He might. He probably does a million, but I don't think he fights Triple G. And. Yeah, I don't see that ever happening. But who knows? I wouldn't be surprised if we see Mayweather Pacquiao too for fifty. 
that I think you, I think, I think you, I think you might be right about that because he knows that's going to be the biggest one. Even though the fight wasn't wasn't that good the first time, now they're talking about Pacquiao's shoulder. That fight will be the one that's going to make the biggest money. I don't think it's not going to make as much as the first fight made, but it was no. still he probably still walks out of there with close to hundred million. And hopefully, and I think in order for me to make the fight really sell, I think Pacquiao has to get a victory over somebody notable before he goes into that fight. And if he does that and the public believes that he's healthy, he's healed, and he's ready to move forward, I think then we can have people, people will buy the fight. It's not going to be $4 million, of course, but I think it's going to at least be 2 So, I mean, well, I think, we'll I think Pacquiao still walked out. I think Mayweather still walked out of there with $30 million the night. $32 million. $32 million minimum. That's not bad at all And, and you look at it the, the thing about it is We can question Floyd Mayweather all you want Dude's made 700 to 800 million dollars In the ring I mean That's oh, Okay well, well I'll tell you this Paul He better not ever go broke Because if he does no. you know that bad They're going to talk about him I hope not, I, hope well, not. I, I, I heard this Paul I don't know if it's true or not I heard he bought a, a second private jet so that I mean, he, well, if if he continues, if he can, you know, do some things as a promoter. But here's the thing: here's the thing. He still has an opportunity. With 49 and 0, he still has an opportunity to cash in one more time. He'll cash in good. Well, he has one more time to cash in good, and and we'll see when he's going to do it. I don't think. Well, uh, I, I, I think if he comes back. He signs a two or three fight deal with some big company that's going to guarantee him, you know, probably if he got 30, 32, probably 40 to 50 million a fight. So I say he'll sign a three fight deal, two or three fight deal for 150 million plus pay per view numbers. We'll see. We'll see. I wouldn't, that, that wouldn't surprise me. I don't think he's done. It's just too much money. When you have that kind of money walking out there, Waiting for you. You can't be done. You, you can't be done. You gotta. Well, you, you can. I mean, seven hundred eight. Well, you can't. Well, yeah, you can't be done when you buy a five million dollar car. True. True. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. But you know, no matter what happens, he had a great career and he's made a, a lot of money. And so, no matter what happens, he's a success. And no matter what happens. It, it, it's, it's going to be interesting. He's, he may not be the greatest of all time, but he is the greatest of his era, and that's all you can ask for. He's the greatest of his era, and I will put him down as one of the greatest of all time. He's in the top. He's in the top five. You know, I don't. I don't like the style. I like a man that's going to stand up and fight toe to toe. But because he's forty nine and zero, you know, with all the guys he beat. And he's destroyed some. I mean, he made some guys look bad too, real bad. I gotta put him in the in the top five. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, he's up there. He's definitely up there. I don't think he's the greatest, but he's definitely up there. He's definitely up there. And you know, you you, you talk to some guys, and some guys will say he never, he couldn't have beat a Thomas Hearns. He couldn't be a Sugar Ray Leonard. He wouldn't have beat a Marvin Hagler. You know, maybe he loses to a Roberto Durant. I mean, you just are an Aaron Pryor. But, I mean, at the end of the day, 49-0 is 49-0, and his greatness is his greatness. So, we'll see. Willie, pleasure, man.
Glad to be here. Thank you. Take care. Hall of Famer Willie Rofe. You know, interesting to get his take on the National Football League and his take, Jason Pierre-Paul, and also his take on Floyd, Money, Mayweather. Second hour go for it. Second half hour go for it. Starts right now. Almeida, a.k.a. Corey Live, host of Picturica on the Hub and warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio with my man, Paulie G and Jeremy. Get it! Thank you, Corey Live. Last half hour, Go For It, starting right now. Got a bunch of things to get to, so let's start with Floyd Mayweather Jr. and, and what we saw last week at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, Nevada, Floyd Mayweather Jr. goes to 49 and 0 with an impressive, dominating performance over uh, Andre Berto. And you know, I, I I said I had a hunch, I had a feeling that maybe Andre Berto could possibly beat Floyd Mayweather. You know, I I had a feeling, and, and just I don't know. I mean, I just maybe it was just a hunch, maybe it's just a feeling, maybe it was just gas. But I I <laughs> I thought maybe I thought maybe that 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 uh, Andre Berto could surprise Floyd Money Mayweather. I thought maybe Andre Berto was poised to beat a Floyd Money Mayweather. I just thought obviously I was dead wrong. Obviously I was dead wrong. Um I I just Floyd Mayweather did what Floyd Mayweather always does. He he makes you miss. He dominates you. He hits you accurately. And ultimately, he gets the job done. Your face might not be beat up. Your face might not be bruised and battered. But his face is definitely not bruised and battered. And he walks home with a unanimous decision. You know, maybe 10 rounds to two, maybe nine rounds to three. And then somebody on a few cards, what? I think one card it was a shutout. So, the thing is, Floyd Mayweather did what Floyd Mayweather has done throughout his career. It was dominating. While it was a typical dominating performance, it was a it wasn't typical it wasn't typical at the box office. It wasn't really a box office success. Some saying at this point, according to sources, it could have been as high as five fifty and that's low as 400000 I mean, that's good for anybody else not named Floyd Mayweather. That's good for, for a lot of boxers. That's good. But if you're Floyd Mayweather, and here's the thing, it's probably going to be better than Golovkin Lemieux, and it's probably going to be better than Canelo and Cotto. And the thing about it is this, and one of the reasons it wasn't a box office success, thirteen grand wasn't a sellout, and according to reports, a lot of tickets were given away. But it wasn't a, one of the reasons it wasn't a box office a box office success 
It's because no one, only myself and maybe a few others, gave Andre Berto a shot to win this fight. No one believed that Andre Berto, 3-3 three and three in his last few fights, a guy who's lost to Jesus Soto Carras, who has 10 losses, a guy who's lost to Guerrero and Ortiz, Robert Guerrero and Victor Ortiz, both Floyd Mayweather victims, no one felt that a guy who was getting dominated by Joselito Lopez for a good amount of rounds, no one thought that this guy, Andre Berto, had a shot. No one. And because no one thought that Andre Berto had a shot, many were saying, I'm not paying for this particular fight. I'm not dropping $75 for this particular fight. I'm not going to do it. I'm not. And the thing is, in the midst of, of, of not doing it, this flopped at the box off and the flopped pay-per-view-wise. And also, there is some resentment by many from the Pacquiao fight. Not Floyd's fault, in my opinion. Floyd threw them more punches. But there's a lot of disenchantment because of the Pacquiao fight. And a lot of people saying, you know what? And here's the thing. Floyd fought the Pacquiao fight the way he's fought every fight. You're not going to see a toe-to-toe slugfest when watching Floyd Mayweather. If you're looking for a toe-to-toe slugfest, you're probably going to get a little more excitement from Triple G and David Lemieux, probably a little, probably a little more excitement from Canelo and Cotto. You know, you, you, you need guys, Brandon Rios and Tim Bradley. That's a fight that you enjoy. You know, providing the call, Ruslan providing the call, and whoever he fights, you're going to enjoy. But Floyd Mayweather, and you got a lot of people who weren't, you know, I don't want to say first time. Watching Floyd Mayweather, well, you know, yeah, a lot of people watching Floyd Mayweather for the first time were, were, were I don't want to say surprised or upset, but they, I think they expected more action. And if you're a novice boxing fan, you may not appreciate the beauty, the work of art, the, pic, the, the, the Picasso painting that Floyd Mayweather painted on, against Manny Pacquiao. You may not appreciate the beauty uh, of Floyd Mayweather and the beauty of him not getting hit and his defensive wizardry. You may not appreciate that. You may not. And now, at this point, Andre Berto goes on, gets a career-high payday. He can thank Floyd for that. And we'll see where Berto goes. Berto will be back. He'll He'll be back. He's with Al Heyman, PBC, so there, there's going to be opportunities. Al Heyman has a bunch of welterweights, so there's going to be opportunities for Andre Berto moving forward. And, again, he didn't get beat up. You know, Floyd, uh, Andre Berto, we've seen him beat up. Ortiz, Guerrero, uh, Soto Carras, we've seen Andre Berto beat up. He walked out of Floyd Mayweather fight pretty clean, you know. So, He's going to have his opportunity somewhere down the line. And Andre Berto, to his credit, has made a, a decent amount of money in the fight game, benefited, some say, from 
being without Heyman has helped. But, you know, you, you take advantage of what you need to take advantage of and do what you need to do in order to have a level of success in the sport of boxing financially. And he did that. He got down to the right people, marketed the right way, and was able to get himself a decent amount of money. And so at the end of the day, he's fine. But he's going to, he, and he's fine physically, mentally, and he's going to, and, you know, he's going to move forward and he's going to fight somebody. And he's going to continue to get paid a decent amount of money. But at the end of the day, and, and, and this fight again, my mind, it would have sold a lot more if it was against Amir Khan, if it was against a Keith Thurman. Two guys that uh, are, you know, Thurman is moving up the ranks. Thurman is getting a level of popularity, and some people believe uh, Thurman could beat a Floyd Mayweather Jr. Amir Khan is on a five-fight uh, win streak. And, you know, it would have just, I think people would have think would have thought Khan would have had a better chance than Berto, obviously. Not saying Khan would have beat Berto, but he would have had a much better chance. And obviously, Triple G, if there was an opportunity for that, I think this would have been over a million. This would have really, really sold because there was there's a belief out there that if Mayweather and Triple G were to fight at 154, that Triple G would beat Floyd Money Mayweather. But at the end of the day, Floyd Mayweather says he's retired. Um, 49-0. and um, You know, I, I saw him in the corner. There was uh, all access, a little brief clip of him hugging his dad, telling his dad he loved him, giving him a kiss, and, you know, saying this is it, this is the last round ever, blah, 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 blah. Maybe he's retired, maybe he doesn't. But, you know, he, he has, he likes nice things. He he has a lot of people being around him. He, he likes nice things. He likes nice things. He likes, likes fancy cars, you know, private jets. He likes all the good, the, the good things in life. He loves them. He likes them. He loves them. They don't call him money for nothing. So in the end, you know, we'll see if his love for money will keep him around. But like I said to Willie Rope earlier, and I'll repeat it now, an opportunity now as a as a TV free agent. He's a TV free agent. Showtime deal, six fights, two per year, done. Gone. Now he has to figure out where the the, the next thing is going to be. He's He's got an opportunity maybe for another $100 million payday. He's got an opportunity for another big payday. And so the reality is, where is it going to come from? And in HBO, Showtime, where? Somebody's going to pony up the money for Floyd Mayweather if he decides to come back. You know, you got that new arena, uh, the MGA Grand. You got that opening up, uh, a new arena in Las Vegas. You got that opening up. And, and so with that new arena opening up and, and, you know, Floyd Mayweather with the possibility of him going for 50 and him being a TV free agent, there is going to be some money out there for Money Mayweather to continue to fight. And, again, he's made, what, seven hundred, seven, seven to $800 million in his career. And I, I tweeted this out the other day. Imagine if Floyd Mayweather, and I know the money persona is the money persona, and the money persona helped him get to this level. But imagine if Floyd Mayweather didn't have that domestic violence uh, with him. Imagine if he didn't have that side of him. If he didn't have that side of him, you know what? Floyd Mayweather could could be endorsing products. Floyd Mayweather could be all over your TV screen if he didn't have that domestic violence stuff. If he didn't have that in his life, 
I mean, this guy has made all this money in the ring. Michael Jordan didn't make all of his money in the, in, on the basketball court. His money came outside the basketball court with his sneakers. Floyd Mayweather, the bulk of all of his money pretty much has come from the sport of boxing, his purses. And then he's doing some decent money with, with his uh, TMT gear. And, you know, he, he's he's doing it. He is doing it. But if he didn't have the best of violence, he might be doing it even better and more. So Floyd Money Mayweather is in a good position. And so I understand maybe why he decided to take it easy for number 49. Because now at 49 and 0, with the possibility of 50, again, TV free agent, the sky is the limit for Floyd. Money, Mayweather. He may not be the greatest of all time, but by golly, he is the greatest of his era. And he, he's special. He's a special fighter. You can you can make an argument maybe that he is the greatest of all time. You can make that argument. But I think one thing is clear, and one thing we can't argue, he is the greatest of his era. And he's beaten everybody he's needed to beat to solidify his greatness, you could say maybe he fought these, these guys past their prime, but it's not like he was a spring chicken himself when he fought these guys. I mean, he was old. he's older than Manny Pacquiao. I mean, so say what you will about Floyd Mayweather, he's beaten everybody he's beat, needed to beat. And you can argue maybe he could have fought Antonio Margarito or other guys he could have ducked. He may have ducked along the way or other guys he could have fought closer to their prime. The argument could be made sure. But greatness is greatness. Appreciate this greatness because you it, it may t- and the sport of boxing goes on and on. It, it's going to go on, and somebody's going to come next. There's going to be a next one, and who knows what that who that next one will be? But there'll be a next one, and so you know, I'm not saying he, he's the greatest of his era, and obviously, moving forward, we'll see who takes his place. But I don't think we're completely done with Floyd Mayweather. We're going to see him one time, one more time at least, and who knows. Maybe he'll sign a contract and we'll see him two to three more times. Should be fun no matter what happens. Should be interesting to see what happens no matter what happens. Let's go back to the NFL now. Uh, Marcus Mariota, an impressive performance by Marcus Mariota. And the Tennessee Titans all took a good start, beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Marcus Mariota with four touchdowns, an impressive performance. That's That's the way you come out the gate. That's the way you that's the way you premiere. That's the way you start your NFL career like that. I mean, and, and you know, sometimes we're, we're we're prisoners of the moment, and we say, you know what, Jameis Winston, he had some struggles. His first pass was a pick six. Brett Favre's first pass was an interception as well. So what? And but Marcus Mariota, you know, he was spectacular. Thirteen for sixteen, two hundred and nine yards, four touchdowns. Efficient, no turnovers, four touchdowns. So, Marcus Mariota was impressive. He was impressive. And, you know, Chip Kelly felt like this dude, Marcus Mariota, can win a whole bunch of championships. What was it two to three titles, I believe? He believes Marcus Mariota could win in the National Football League. He, I mean, he believes this kid is special. But week one, act one, he is proven to be special so far. And Jameis Winston, you know, he didn't play too well. He didn't play well at all. But it comes with the territory of being a rookie quarterback. It comes with the territory. And does that mean, does that, mean that, that Jameis Winston is done? Does that mean Jameis Winston is going to be a boss? No. 
And I think anybody who is going to be out there saying that Jameis Winston is a bust is silly. It's silly talk at this point in time because it's only one football game in his rookie year, his first football game. Some people do the first great, others do the first bad. I mean, you could ask most people the first time they they did something, the first time you you, you may have had sex, it probably was awful. It probably was awful. So then, so my point is, you live, you learn, you get better. And Jameis Winston lived. He can now he lived through his first game. He hopefully learned from his first game and moving forward, hopefully. He gets better. And Marcus Mariota, we'll see if you have an encore this week against the Cleveland Browns. And Johnny Manziel, who's going to get to start in that particular game. Manziel, who so-so against the New York Jets. Not awful, but not good at all. Not good either. You know, and I saw a little, I saw better with Manziel, but I, I still not, Sure, I see an NFL quarterback, and we'll see this. What happens this week? You know, he has a full game plan to prepare for this particular football game. You know, last week he was thrown in there after injury to Josh McCown. This time he has a full game, a full game now to figure this out. A full game to to get himself prepared and ready, and he knows from the start, from the beginning of the week. Till now that he's going to be the starter, so he has an opportunity to prepare, prep as a starter, and so we'll see what happens. We'll see if it's better. But I, I, I question Manziel. His arm strength is questionable. His speed is que- I, I mean, this is not college, so you can't be running around and, and taking the type of hits. He took a big hit actually in that game against the New York Jets. He's luckily for him, he was able to survive it. Luckily for him, he didn't get hurt. But you got to get down. You can't take those big-time hits. This is not college anymore. It's not college anymore. So, you know, you you got to be better and smarter, Johnny Mandel. But we'll see what happens, and it's going to be an interesting game, a battle of, of two young quarterbacks, two highly regarded quarterbacks at least coming out of college. And, and so it should be fun. I'm looking forward to that one. Obviously, the big one. Well, two biggies. Well, a bunch of biggies. I don't want to say just two biggies, but we got the uh, Patriots and Bills, the Buffalo Bills team, who I think is going to go to the playoffs this year. Buffalo Bills and everybody in the AFC East won last week. Four and zero that division went. But I look at the Buffalo Bills and I look at a team defensively. They were as advertised, and you look at Tyrod Taylor, who ran the an offense very efficiently. They were efficient in Buffalo, but defensively, they got after Andrew Luck and got after that defense. They got after that offense, that cold offense, who struggled mightily in that game. So it should be fun to see what happens now with Tom Brady. Tom Brady and uh, the New England Patriots. Brady coming off an impressive performance against the Pittsburgh Steelers for four touchdowns. A dominating performance by the New England Patriots offense. A dominating performance by Tom Brady. Now he's going against Buffalo Bills in Buffalo, uh, Ralph Wilson Stadium. Uh, Rex Bryan is welcoming him in there, and you know, so there's a lot of excitement there at Buffalo. A lot of excitement with Rex Ryan, and a lot of excitement after the coming off that impressive performance. And the Buffalo Bills, you know, their 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 team store, they, you know, they got some things in there that's going to be fun, and that's going to kind of rib 
uh, the New England Patriots. They're trying to rib the New England Patriots a little bit. But, you know, shoppers who, who walk in the main entrance of the team store in Buffalo, there's air pumps there, air pumps and footballs. <laughs> They're trying to rib and, and go after New England with that deflate gate stuff, and that's funny. But at the end of the day, you know, Buffalo's going to be ready. Of course, New England's going to be ready. It's going to be a lot of fun to see what happens in that particular football game. Philadelphia and Dallas. That's a biggie in the NFC East, two of the best teams in the NFC East. And that division is going to come down to one of those two football teams in terms of who's going to win the NFC East. The Philadelphia Eagles got off to a slow start in that particular game against the Atlanta Falcons, down 20-3. to Down 20-3. to At the end of half at halftime, they came back. They put them, themselves in position to win. Their kicker, Cody Park, he misses a 44-yard field goal wide right. They lose the game to the Atlanta Falcons. They have one more shot. Ball goes off off of Jordan Matthews' hands, a very catchable football, into the arms of the Atlanta Falcons, and that is the victory, and that is the game. But you look at that particular game, the Philadelphia Eagles had moments and opportunities and chances. And I think as a Philadelphia Eagles fan myself, I feel good about what I saw at the end of that football game. I feel good about what I saw in that second half. It's a loss. And there's no moral victories in this league, but I feel good and confident with what I saw. There are some things that they need to work on. Obviously, they're going to have to run the ball a little better. Obviously, they're going to have to do that. And obviously, their secondary is going to have to play a little better. But fortunately for the Philadelphia Eagles, Greg Hardy's not walking through that door. Des Bryant is not walking through that door. Randy Gregory is not walking through that door. Rolando McClain is not walking through that door. So fortunately for the Philadelphia Eagles, they may have uh, gotten the Cowboys at a good time. They may have gotten the Cowboys at a pretty good time. So we'll see. But that's going to be a lot of fun. Dallas and Philadelphia, I think you favor the Eagles, coming off that loss to the the Atlanta Falcons. And this is a big football game. You don't don't want to go 0-2 in the conference, and you don't want to lose to the Cowboys right now and have the Cowboys go off to a 2-0 start and you to an 0-2 start. So that's not what you want if you're the Philadelphia Eagles. And so hopefully the Eagles can bounce back, hopefully for me. And then you got Seahawks and the, uh, the Packers Sunday Night Football, and that is a rematch of what we saw in the NFC Championship game. Obviously, the Green Bay Packers had that football game sewn up. Obviously, the Green Bay Packers should have won that football game, but they didn't. They didn't make the plays necessary to salt the game away. But this is a you know the Packers are now uh, Seattle is now going to Green Bay. Last time it was in Seattle. This time it's going to Green Bay. And, and the reality is this: you know Seattle's coming off a loss to the St. Louis Rams, and that defense. Looked, didn't that Legion of Boom wasn't booming? It's going to be difficult for that Legion of Boom to be booming with Cam Chancellor sitting on the sidelines, sitting at home, chilling because he wants to redo his deal. Michael Bennett says, "Hey, you know what? We miss the leadership that Cam Chancellor brings. We miss his approach. We miss him." Here's is the quotes from Michael Bennett. He's coming out in support of what Cam Chancellor brings to the table. Quote, we miss Cam Chancellor. Not just the way he plays, but the way that he approaches the game, his leadership. Even though Cam Chancellor wasn't in the game, we had multiple chances of winning that game. I wonder, would the conversation be the same if we won the game? Will people be saying, hey, they don't need Cam Chancellor? And so it's all about wins and losses in this league. And the bottom line is this. If, if the Seahawks continue to lose... And Cam Chancellor, he's not there. 
obviously there's going to be a groundswell of support for Cam Chancellor and, and, and people wanting him to come on back. And, and so in order for him to come back, obviously he wants money. And, you know, he's, what, three years left on his deal. So that's going to be difficult for him to, to, to you know, make that work. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult for him to make that work. And uh, so I don't know if we'll see Cam Chancellor at all this year. You know, and this probably wasn't the smartest of holdouts. Hey, I know it's your money. you got to do what you got to do. You feel like if you can get the money, then, you know, do it. I understand it. I respect it. It makes sense. But it's going to be difficult, very difficult, you know, Cam Chancellor ultimately to get the money that he feel like he deserves and that he wants. Time will be the judge of that. I want to thank Willie Rowe for stopping by. You can listen to this show and other great shows at blogtalkradio.com. Slash begin, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter, at go for again. Also hit us up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash go for again. For everybody here at Go For It, we hope you have a great weekend. We hope you enjoy the National Football League, college football as well, and all the other great things going on in the world of sports. See you later. Take care.